Hey guys, what's up? I'm Shama. And I'm Tiffany. And you're listening to Chai Tea Party. This is a podcast about the underdogs, the brave, the creative, and the slightly off in the Daisy community. this episode we just want to do a quick shout out to brown girl magazine we mention them a lot because they're so awesome if you don't already know who they are um, they are an online publication dedicated to young millennial south asian women in the diaspora you can find them on facebook instagram youtube pinterest snapchat uh, they are on everything and they are so much fun uh, make sure you check them out and then for all the guys out there they do have a section brown boy which is equally as entertaining and check them out and you can find them at browngirlmagazine.com Thank you to all the wonderful people at Brown Girl Magazine again. We love you. We also want to give a massive shout out to Indie Creative Network. They are a global media platform highlighting independent music, talk, and visual, MTV, content. Not like the TV show or like the channel, but like what MTV stands for. This is downhill. Indie Creative Network's mission is to redefine the mainstream narrative that black and brown diaspora is monolithic. Their global media platform was created to elevate voices in the black and brown communities across the world. The media partners representing ICN are amazing creatives who produce original on-demand content for people interested in the happenings of music, art, culture, and entertainment found in multicultural communities. From talk podcasts to music mixes, Indie Creative Network has an audio portfolio of independent content from over 11 cities located in Canada, South Africa, and the United States. They can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, Acast, and on their own web app on their website, IndieCreativeNetwork.com. Yay! Okay, you guys know how much we love fearless and confident Daisy women. We're so excited about today's guest. She is a creative soul who doesn't tolerate the bullshittery that comes with being an outspoken, unapologetic, dark-skinned woman. Please welcome to the show... Booja Patel! Hello! <laughs> <laughs> it would have sounded much better so if I could say it in one sentence, because <laughs> we really mean it. Yeah, I think, like, with you, you were honestly one of the first people that we saw or, like, really followed on Instagram, which has been our biggest platform um, as far as, like, reaching out to people and networking. And I remember, like, looking at your stuff and, like, just, like, your captions on, like, really pretty pictures, and you'd be like, fuck this guy! And then... Like, we sh- I remember showing yeah. it to Tiffany and be like, dude, we have to talk to her at least at some point. Because you just, like, embody so much of what we stand for. And you're, like, really just don't give a shit about, like, putting it out there for people to see. Which is, because like, very cool. It must feel very empowering as well. Thank you. Yeah, I just, I love starting conversation about these kinds of things. And a podcast is great because, like, it is the direct conversation. Like, you get right to the topic and mm-hmm. you get to talk about the things you want to talk about, right? Right, yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm going to be, like, asking you guys questions throughout it, too, because, like, right. I know so much about you guys. <laughs> that's and that's fine. That's what it is, a conversation. Like, about yourself, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's start with telling everyone where you're from. Uh, I'm from Vancouver, Canada. Um, I love it here. It's great. I don't think I would ever move. Have yeah, you been there your whole life? I've lived here my whole life. I was born here. Um, yeah, it's just... It's nice. It has a really large Desi community. Oh, um, cool. 
So I feel like because I was raised in Vancouver, I'm a little bit more in touch with my roots because mm-hmm. there's just so much going on in terms of the Indian community here. So were you guys like growing up very involved in the community? Like doing events um, and things like that? I would like say that? so. Yeah. Um, like I'm Gujarati. Um, Us too. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> but um, there's like quite a few good Gujarati people here, but um, like the majority is like Punjabis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always grew up with a Punjabi influence in my life. Like all my friends are Punjabi, listen to Punjabi music, yeah. um, all that sort of thing. Um, but there are quite a few Gujaratis, and uh, my parents know uh, a lot of Gujarati people here, and we do try to get involved in the community and stuff. But I don't have like a lot of Gujarati friends. I never had a lot of Gujarati friends growing up. Mm-hmm. I just have a huge family, so I guess they were kind of like my Gujarati friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, were there a lot of, like, we talk a lot about being having a disconnect with growing up in a place that has a lot of white people as well and kind of seeing the differences and like realizing that you're not the same color or culture as somebody else. What was that like and what was really um, a point in your life where you realized that you were different from other people? I think it was always evident for me. Um, Growing up, like before high school, um, I went to a school where there were a lot of white people. Um, I was like one of the few brown uh, kids in the school. So right off the bat, it was evident that um, I was different. Um, and there was always instances where I felt like I was singled out for my race. Like, um, I always loved to sing, and um, we had a choir in our elementary school. Um, but, like, they just, they wouldn't let me join. It was, like, exclusive. Um, you have to be a- you have to be asked to join this choir. And mm-hmm. it would always be, like, um, stereotypical, like, uh, the pretty white girls, like, you know, blonde hair, blue wow. eyes. Because right. they would be performing at the assemblies in front of the parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, they, and I noticed that they never had um, a person of color or anybody who didn't look that part in the choir, and it had nothing to do with like singing or merit or any of that. Right. So like even like right off the bat, when even when I was in elementary school, I knew that I was different and I would be singled out for it. And then when I went to high school, majority of my high school was Punjabi people or even Indian mm-hmm. people, but a lot of them were Punjabi. Um, it was such a big clash because. I went from like all white people to like pretty much all brown people um, and that was weird because when I was in elementary school I kind of like rejected parts of my culture and I really wanted to be white mm-hmm. um, just to fit in because I knew I was so different there and then when I went to high school I felt like I wasn't cool because I wasn't in touch with my culture because mm-hmm. everyone there was brown, brown culture was celebrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that was the cool thing. That was the status quo was to be brown and to celebrate like your daisiness. And then mm-hmm. I felt like what what's going on? Because I just came from this place where I was told like I can't be like that if I want to be cool. Mm-hmm. So it's just this that's when I had like this whole clash between like, okay, like who am I and like what's cool and do I wanna be cool? Do I wanna fit in with the crowd? But the crowd is different everywhere that I go, so mm-hmm. it's like if you don't figure out who you are as an individual like different instances in your life in different settings like the status quo will change but like who you are is always going to be you so you kind of have to like figure that out I think I realized that like somewhere in high school Mm -hmm. that's kind of nice because I don't think I really got there until college Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it was always a struggle for me and then once I came to a place that had a lot of Indian people in a very strong Indian community then I was like 
oh, we all kind of have the same jokes and like understand the same nuances of our culture. And it just was like coming home to some place. And I think that's what it feels really, so like, nice, right? Like, it you does. Feel a sense of comfort. Like, it literally yeah. feels like you're coming home when mm-hmm. you're finally in this group of people where it's like, oh, hey, I can make that reference. Or, yeah. Right. Um, they know can, that like, song. You know, <laughs> even the simplest things, like, I can, like, bring out my lunch and, like, nobody will, like, blink an eye because right. it's normal. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, like, listen to that song. And it's just, I think we take that for granted because we've been, like, raised in this kind of culture where there's always like east meets west so Mm -hmm. yeah like we take for granted that we can even feel like normal like we Mm -hmm. are the norm Um, because we're always made to feel like the abnormal so then when you're finally in the setting where um you know you're with people that are like you and then you realize that like you can act and be any way that you want to be it's like whoa i feel the sense of relief like what What was i doing all these years (laughs) a hundred percent and it's going back to the thing about the choir. I, it just made me think of like when that kind of thing happens and people try to combat, you know, like there's no brown people in your kid's choir. Like, what's that about? And they're like, no, 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 we're not racist. It's just like an image thing, you know, like we just want it to look nice. And they're like, no, but that's a preference thing. Right. But like that's yeah. inherently racist, you know, like that. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I think people forget that there's implicit racism as well mm-hmm. and you don't have to like be outright visibly boldly racist to still be racist right because it could be like that underlying like preference bias or whatever it is um like i don't mind uh, hanging out with uh indian kids but i prefer to hang out with kids that are not indian mm-hmm. and that's still racism but like we don't mm-hmm. really talk about that kind of racism we talk about like you know so-and-so attacked so-and-so because of their race Mm -hmm. so like we forget that there's these other like tones of racism and they're really important too Mm -hmm. so with i don't know if this will be 100 percent true but for us at least i think we see the puja project as kind of like a movement not necessarily like a like a company or anything like that but just like a movement in itself i don't know how you'd like to identify it as but um yeah when did you can say like if that's true or not for you or what it really means to you, but when did that really come to fruition and what was kind of like your, almost like your breaking point to making something like this happen or starting to be more outspoken? I think that you phrased it pretty well. Like I don't really see myself as like a brand. I don't really see myself as like selling things, products or even an image, unless you want to say that image is you know, outspoken and empowered, then maybe that's my image. Mm -hmm. I don't really like to phrase myself as, like, selling anything to anybody. Um, And I hate, like, the idea of, like, labels, because when you put yourself out there, people want to know what you are. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, um, are you a model? Are you a makeup artist? Are you a fashion designer? Um, Are you a writer? Are you a poet? Like, what are you? Like, mm-hmm. people want those labels. But, like, for me, I've always had this, like, angst with labels. Yeah. Um, and I hate labeling myself. I don't like to call myself any of those things because it kind of limits you. Like, once you call yourself, like, a model, and, and it you limits can only you to be that. that one thing. And yeah. I always get that, especially through my Instagram. Like, are you a model? Like, to mm-hmm. me, like, a model is selling something, whether it's a look, um, makeup, clothing, whatever it is. I mean, I do like to endorse brands that I feel like... Um, 
speak to me on a personal level or mm-hmm. they're about something that is like a bigger social cause so I will have like mentions of those people but I don't like to like I don't call myself a model because I'm not you know, selling you a t-shirt mm-hmm. or like selling you this like lipstick or whatever so um yeah the title thing is like I know it's complicated for other people to understand but like I prefer to not label myself as certain things mm-hmm. because then I feel like I can't be more than that mm-hmm. um you're right about the movement thing like I feel like it's not really a brand it's more of it's more of like a lifestyle or a movement right like your mindset and exactly. I think I think a lot of it is conveyed if people look even just like a little bit deeper than just looking at your picture and liking it before they read anything like even just your captions like you say a lot through these like amazing captions that you put on your pictures about like social injustice or like sexism and if you even just take the time to read that you see that you're really conveying like a message through just a picture it's not just like a pretty girl on instagram you know like you're saying so much more than that and if people took the time they would really see that and then it's always been like my purpose especially with instagram Mm -hmm. um because i want like everything that i post to have a deeper meaning to it um Obviously, everyone likes to uh, get dolled up. Everyone likes to be pretty. And, mm-hmm. like, if that's the purpose of your picture, like, that's great, too. I like to do that, too. And, like, that's a great purpose, too. Like, feeling good about yourself. Mm-hmm. That, you know, there's nothing superficial about that. So if that's what your post is about, that's great. I do that as well. Right. Um, but when I can, I like to put in um, little bits that you know, might speak to somebody else or might talk about a larger social issue. Like, I don't like to post things for the sake of it. I try to have, like, a reasoning behind it. And sometimes other people won't know that reasoning, but, like, if you talk to me about it, like, I would say that almost all of my posts have a reasoning, and sometimes it'll be outlined in the caption. You'll read it and you'll be like, okay, she posted that because of that. Mm -hmm. Other times, it'll just be a personal reasoning. Um and people just see the picture and appreciate whatever they want about it but I know I have um, a purpose behind why I posted that and that's kind of the beauty of art in itself right like self-expression comes in whatever form you want it to and this is definitely a form of that Um, I think people forget because it's social media sometimes Um, Mm -hmm. because we're so wrapped up in the superficiality of it right yeah yeah I totally agree so was there like a, a point that you hit that you were like, I, ha- I have this urge to put this stuff out there now? Or did it kind of just evolve very organically? Or was it like a, a moment that kind of set you off? Um, well, the things that I do, even if I didn't have social media, I would do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's not about social media at all. Um, I think social media often is portrayed in this negative light where it's, you know, this toxic thing that takes over people's lives and it's all about being superficial. Right. Um, I personally think when used right, it's a great platform. For me, it's just a platform. Like I did all the things that I do today and on, that I do on social media, even before social media existed. So I've always been into the creative mediums and art and fashion and all those things. But um, social media was just a way to put it out there. Um, it like I never like sat down and was like, hey, I should gather all the things that I do and then create, you know, this social media movement and then post all of it and then become, like, the Booja Project. It was never like that. It was just, um, I used to have, like, really bad social media anxiety and, like, nobody would guess it now because oh, they're like, you're always on social media. 
but like all of high school, I never had any form of social media, like no Snapchat, nothing. I had Facebook, and I checked it like once every six months. Mm. Um, I just had this like, like deep anxiety about people knowing about me and people making assumptions about me, or like、mm. thinking they know me when they don't, and like judgments and stuff.、Mm. So I just stayed away from social media. I didn't even have a cell phone in high school. Like I just was this privacy nut, and like. It, yeah, it was just,、um, which is rare、something. for people in our generation.、Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Be- I think I was like the only person in high school who didn't have a cell phone,、yeah. and everyone <laughs> thought that was so weird, right? Because、um, that was like the time when Snapchat was coming out, and、um, all the like Twitter and Instagram, everything was already big. I was like the only person who didn't have it.、Mm-hmm. So I don't think anybody from my high school would have thought like that I would, you know, be on Instagram today or Twitter today,、mm-hmm. that kind、right. of thing. But yeah, I put it off for a while, and a lot of people would tell me like you should make Instagram and like post the things that you sew or、uh, the things that you make,、um, just so other people can see it. Or、um, you know, you have really like out there thoughts. You should tweet them. Like you do well on Twitter,、uh, and I would always just be like, yeah, yeah. But then I didn't really want to discuss like my anxieties with social media.、Um, Your Twitter is hilarious, then, though. By yeah, the way. we love it. <laughs> 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 Twitter is my life. Yeah. <laughs>、um, but when I was In first year,、um, I took a gender studies course, and the assignment for that course was a Twitter assignment. So、oh, we had、okay. to make a series of tweets based on different topics related to gender studies、mm. and women's studies. And I remember, like, when the prof announced that in lecture, I was like, "Oh no, I have to make Twitter now!" <laughs>、oh, and it just like, I don't know, it just made me feel so uncomfortable because I've been putting it off for so long.、Mm. And yeah, just the whole like privacy thing.、Um, And I remember there was no way around it. The prompt was like, you know, you got to do it. You can delete it afterwards if you want. Like, you don't have to keep using Twitter. So I made it, and then I did like the tweets,、um, and then I kind of, I kind of like got into it. I was like, oh, I kind of like this whole、uh, sharing my ideas thing. And like, I don't have to be Uja Patel. Like,、mm-hmm. can just be like this thing.、Um, Like it, it doesn't have to be like linked to me. I can like go private or whatever I want. Right, make it all anonymous.、Um, and then I just started like tweeting more. And then after the project was over,、um, I just, I, I don't know. I just realized that like I can say and do whatever I want,、um, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that people will like be making judgments about me. And even if they are, it doesn't mean anything to me because、right. at the end of the day, like. People will have their thoughts on you, <clears throat> but yeah, I just started tweeting like whatever I wanted at that point, like、um, things that like maybe I wouldn't like say in conversation, but like it was like the appropriate thing to say in like a Twitter situation.、Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know, like I honestly don't know how, but like I would just make tweets about stuff that I thought was so relevant to me, and it was only about me. Um, and my life and my experiences and me being Gujarati and me being Indian and what my parents are like、um, and what university is like and what having anxiety is like and then I realized that like overnight I would just go up like fifty one hundred followers just because of like one tweet、mm-hmm. uh, and then soon I realized that it's because like not a lot of people were saying those things and particularly not a lot of Indian women were、yeah. saying those things、okay. so people are automatically like what. First of all, she's a woman. She said that, <laughs> and secondly, she's brown. So it's like, it's it was kind of like unseen, or not a lot of people were、um, wanting to take part in that conversation. And I think that's what like caught people's eye.、Um, mm-hmm. So then, yeah, I just 
kind of went off on Twitter like that. And then after that came Instagram. And I feel like now, even though Twitter is like what I use daily, um, Instagram is like more of like what I use for like sharing and how more people know me. Um, but it, it all started on Twitter because of a school project. <laughs> <laughs> it taught you something. Look at that. <laughs> I should thank my prof. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll do that later. There you go. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that you're not just um, like a face behind Instagram and you're not just social media and you do all these other things that you want to also recognize. So what are some of those things that you do, like whether it's for fun or like you mentioned work sewing, or, you know, just like, yeah, yeah, like what what else do you do pretty much? Um, I've always been like, super creative uh, my, my family's super creative as well um, both my parents are tailors so I oh, grew up cool. sewing nice. that's uh, so that's one of like one of my main hobbies for sure mm-hmm. um, every now and then um, I'll post like you know something that I've made or my dad's made mm-hmm. but like if you consider like how often I post about it it'll be like I'll make 10 things and like I'll make I'll post one of those things so like mm-hmm. I definitely sew more than yeah. um, I post about it yeah um but yeah, sewing is like one of the main things, um, and I love writing as well. I think that's where like kind of Twitter comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, but Twitter is more like a concise thought, um, whereas when I write on my spare time, it's like I can elaborate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to school. I really enjoy school mm-hmm. um, because I feel like I'm like one of the few people who actually went into like what they wanted to go into like without like the pressure um you're doing psychology right yeah psychology um because with a lot of people it's like you kind of like pick a middle path like what your parents want what you want Mm -hmm. um in a way I kind of feel like I did that like if it was like all me I might have gone to fashion school yeah um but I've always had an academic side to me and I didn't want to waste that in any sense Mm -hmm. um like I knew I wanted to get my degree for sure and then psychology was just this this thing that always interested me um so that's what I decided to do and like I love everything about psychology like when I'm in school doing the readings and stuff it's like stuff that I enjoy doing and even like topics related to psychology like if you notice like I talk about those things on my twitter Mm -hmm. um a lot um about like mental health and like those things are really important to me personally um it's what I study in school um, and it's what I like to talk about and open up conversation about. So it's like, it's very full circle. Mm-hmm. And do you still, we did a little bit of research on you, so not to be super creepy, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> do you still um, act as a creative director for the fashion show for your university? Um, we haven't started up again this year. I was the creative director last year for um, my university's fashion week. But yeah, it was, it was a really good experience, I would say, for sure. Was it one um, of those... Oh, go ahead. It's just nice um, being able to give people the opportunity to do things um, that maybe they wouldn't get in, like, the mainstream fashion industry. Because mm-hmm. we don't have any biases in terms of, like, weight or height or that sort of thing. Um, so a lot of the people that we work with for Fashion Week, for University Fashion Week, they're people who... Some of them have experience in modeling, but a lot of them were like brand new, like never experienced modeling. Um, they like learned how to walk like that week. Oh, nice. um, 
and every single person like when our runway show happened like every single person blew my mind they were so good oh, it's like amazing. when the lights come on like people become somebody else I know I'm like yeah. that too like it just <laughs> it amps you up right, right. Um, but that was really nice and a lot of those people we work with are now um, pursuing modeling and um, have oh, gotten right. a lot of modeling opportunities so it just feels nice to like know that like what you did did impact um, a lot of people's lives and I met a lot of like cool like local brands um, out of Vancouver and stuff too through it so it was cool That's I'm not funny. sure what direction we'll take this year but we'll see it'll be an adventure it's very cool um, so you talked a little bit about mental health and like going into psychology and I know that you're pretty active especially on your Twitter about like mental health um, can you and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to can you elaborate like a little bit? We both struggle with mental illness, um, anxiety and depression. And so we've been really big advocates on like talking about it in the community and really understanding it and being okay with taking medication if that's what you need or like we, I still, therapy. Right, I still mm-hmm. actively go to therapy and she's been to therapy. So we're very like pro self-help and self-love in that way. Yeah. Um, and taking care of yourself and realizing what's selfish versus self-care. So what is your journey with mental illness been like? Um, it's definitely been really, it's been tough because, like, it's not talked about, you don't know these things. Um, first of all, like, we don't know what mental illness is, we don't understand it, we don't talk about it, Mm -hmm. um, we don't know how to seek help, we don't know what the resources are, and quite frankly, the resources are really limited, and the system is... Like, it needs a lot of change. Um, I don't know what it's like uh, for you guys in the States, but, like, in Canada, it is accessible, but that stigma really holds people back in terms of getting help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always like to compare, like, mental health to, you know, having a flu or, like, a broken arm. Because, um, right. in a way, it's, like, it's the same thing. Like, there's... I don't like to say there's something wrong, um, there's just something different about you mm-hmm. in your head um, and it's no different than having like you know a flu or broken arm but then the way that we treat those people we don't treat people mental health the same way because you can't um, see a cast you know you can't see someone getting exactly sick. It's, it's so hard to understand right. because it's not visible mm-hmm. um, and even like studying psychology like to an outsider it's hard to understand because you can't see mental illness on the outside, generally speaking. Um, but even when I studied um, certain um, psychology topics, you realize that you can take like a microscope into your head and you s- still can't see it right. a lot of the times, you know? Or you can see it, you can tell there's some, you know, something different, something wrong, something abnormal. Um, but you can't really pinpoint it because we don't really understand the mind versus the brain and all those things so like even with the right scientific tools like you can't see it on the outside or in the inside a lot of the time so like normal people don't understand it scientists don't understand it Mm -hmm. it's just this like thing where everyone's so confused and then we're like okay let's not talk about it Mm -hmm. even though it impacts like so many people tons and tons of people they don't even a lot of people don't even know about it because they're you know it's like you don't want to you're in denial about, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that you're you're dealing with this issue. Um, and it's kind of like when you go to seek help for a mental illness, it's you being weak. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. It's because you can't cope, you can't deal, you're not good enough, you're not strong enough to deal with this. But, like, if I have a flu and I go to the doctor, my doctor's not going to be like, um, you're not strong enough to deal with this on your own. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, but just if I'm like, off. hey, I'm really, really sad. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm terribly, terribly sad. I think I'm depressed. Then a lot of people will point fingers and be like, well, can't you cope? Everyone's coping. Everyone's, Everyone's sad. sad. Everyone has problems. Mm-hmm. Um, or the other way, you know, okay, well, just be happy, you know? Just, like, just, just be, be happy, positive. Just be you know? positive. Just smile exactly. and be fine. Like, positive yeah. thoughts mm-hmm. are not going to fix my flu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times, it like, positive thoughts are not going to cure your mental illness you know it might be a way of coping for a lot of people Mm -hmm. Um, I like to think positively but I don't advocate that like positivity is gonna like cure your mental Mm -hmm. illness like that's that's not a thing you know Mm -hmm. it might it might help it might lead to you know the path of you um going to get help in the path of self-care but positivity itself like you know me writing out like um I'm happy I'm happy I'm happy like 10,000 times Mm -hmm. isn't gonna change what's going on in my head right Right. and it's funny because a lot of people think that Mm -hmm. a lot of people think that positive thoughts will change you your mind the world and like in a sense they can I don't want to like deny that like I'm not trying to say everyone should just be negative and miserable Mm -hmm. and like you know (laughs) indulge in it or whatever but um it's important to acknowledge that like positivity is like a step it's not going to fix like what's going on and once you that it is okay to ask for help it's okay to go get help and that's probably the bravest thing that you mm-hmm. will do it's it, there's no weakness in that whatsoever it's mm-hmm. super brave yeah it's probably the hardest thing you have to do is taking that first uh-huh. step in the right like direction accepting it yourself and then telling the world hey this is what's going on except me also you know like mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah people really think that that is like a weak thing and like there are people like in my family or like friends that I have that just say you know that whole like diet and exercise will help you like there yeah. are ways to be happier and you're just not taking those steps everyone so that means always that you're doing has it a solution yes right yeah. everyone mm-hmm. like like I, I feel like I should like do like an experiment about this or something like <laughs> every single person that you talk to about like your mental health they will give you a different cure yeah mm-hmm. and those cures work then like wouldn't mental health not be a thing right. you go to your mom and she's like you need to drink more milk and you, you know you go to your dad and he's like you need to get more fresh air and you mm-hmm. go to your friends and they're like uh you need to lay off the books and uh, take it easy with school you know everyone has a solution and it's like if those things really worked i wouldn't be here right, right. now feeling the way that i do right yeah 100 percent. um and kind of like along the same mm-hmm. lines um, you are now involved with the Chunni Project, which mm-hmm. we really wanted to talk about too because they do something really cool. They have like a picture of somebody who submitted their story and then they have like a brief story on the person, but it's a little bit, it's a l- actually a lot more accessible than maybe like listening to a podcast is. But they really like condense that information um, and allow other young women to not feel alone in whatever their journey looks like. Mm-hmm. So tell us um, how you got involved with that and what. Um, you guys are currently doing? I got involved with that um, just as like it's almost like a modeling thing but like not really Um, because Harmon Core started the Juni Project Mm -hmm. um, 
and this is like what I've gotten from her and from working with her um so this isn't like you know it is kind of my take but like it's it's from her movement and whatnot uh, but basically you know there's a lot of South Asian women living in North America and we have a lot of different struggles than you know women directly from um, India or uh, Pakistan or Sri Lanka or like any of those um, um, any of the South Asian countries um, and it's like we relate to that but like not a hundred percent but we can't really relate to our white peers either so there's a different set of struggles yeah. um, just growing up Indian as a woman in uh, North America um, so she wanted to set up this platform where women can share their stories with each other and I remember her saying to me like we're so um, obsessed and like we idolize celebrities um, and some of them maybe they're relatable like if it's a Hollywood celebrity um, you know maybe we want to be like them but like we know we're really not uh, Bollywood celebrity maybe looks a bit more like us like skin tone but like that's about it um, but we keep idolizing um, famous women but there's so many admirable women ordinary women like us with stories and um, we're inspired by like celebrities but we're not inspired by ourselves but we're like we're so strong and we have so much resilience and power so why don't why aren't we inspired by ourselves and she went, she made this platform to um, share stories of all these different women so women could be inspired by women mm -hmm. ordinary women being inspired by ordinary women for things that are like not ordinary at all like really powerful and um, inspiring stories I think that's such a great take on I think what the norm is where there's like a lot of women hating on other women regardless of like whatever community yeah. you are subscribed mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. um, so I think it's really empowering to see like a group of you guys that are all involved in the project that are standing up that are like um, especially with Harmon like starting this that you know stomping that out first and mm -hmm. foremost and like you said highlighting the people that are really doing incredible things that aren't just that you know are just famous for being in a movie like that's great that you've done that and you followed your dreams but it's like you said there are so many people that are living normal lives that have all these incredible things to talk about and we don't celebrate them enough um or bring exactly. their stories to light so i think that's really cool that you guys are doing and she's that. really like focusing on different um different south asian women like mm -hmm. all across the map right um because every like subculture has like different experiences and a different like a different like obviously like it's one thing to be Indian and a lot of things are collective um, a lot of the uh, experiences we face but even like within like subcultures um, we have different experiences and I know like the reason I particularly got involved was um, she wanted to um, have like a banner or like you know official poster uh, for the Juni project mm -hmm. um, and she wanted different South Asian women mm -hmm. on it um, just to represent um, different you know just different aspects of our culture right um, and I'm friends with the photographer that um, she had chosen to work with Manjotkor okay on sh on Instagram her uh, her handle is run away with tomorrow so she does a lot of photography and stuff she's great mm -hmm. I love her and so she, um, and Joe knew me and um, she asked me if, you know, I mean, Harmon wants like, you know, different types of South Asian women 
for this and people that are um, empowered and stuff. So it wasn't really like a modeling thing, Mm -hmm. but it was just kind of like, you know, we want like different faces for it. Yeah, because then it definitely shows like, and we're looking at the the image right now actually, and it's cool that you see women that look so different from one another. Exactly, because that's also like breaking a stereotype in a sense, because people think that all Indian women look the same. Right. And we're all just like, we're all just one. Right. Yeah. Stereotypical Indian girl. And we, especially in when you're talking about like they they see women, that's such a specific sect. And we always say like, you know, there's not nearly enough of us to be so divided as a community as it is being, you know, Indian folk living in diaspora. But when it comes down to also being a woman in that, there's no room to be Uh hating on each other. That's just crazy. You know, who are we supposed to rely on and support and encourage if it's not each other you know so um you have a sister correct a younger sister i do what kind of things do you try to instill in her with like her own set of like morals and values or opinions about what it's like to be strong and how to do that and how to fight back against the the crap that you have to deal with with being you know a woman of color Mm -hmm. Well, she's a lot younger than me. She's mm-hmm. almost six years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I do have like a direct hand in like raising her and her about um, you know instilling values in her as much as my parents do. We have a really close relationship, but for me, it's like I don't like to tell her what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather like demonstrate it and for her to see like what works and what doesn't work like she's seen me do things that didn't work and she Mm -hmm. knows not to do those things (laughs) um and you know she's seen me um act in ways that um are more like successful or um ways that like turned out better like the outcomes are better um and I feel like she picks that up like subconsciously as well um but we're both like we both have this like um, you know, be inspired, be empowered, do what you want, be badass attitude. Um, I know she picks it up from me. Um, she picks it up from my parents as well. Um, cause they've always raised us with like, do what you want. Like, don't care what other people think. Um, just put in work and you know, you'll, you'll get what you want when you put in the right amount of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know she's, she's a lot like that too. Like, I just want her to like grow up feeling empowered and proud to be like a woman of color um and not to let like obviously there are like societal limitations um and that's unfortunate for like you know how far a woman of color can get but like those limitations don't mean that you can't get where you want to get it just means that you might have to take a detour right um but, like, as long as you're, like, confident in yourself and um, the work that you're doing, I, I don't feel like those limitations um, could ever stop you from, like, doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, the only, like, with me and my sister, it's, like, I'm always, like, be badass. That's, mm-hmm. like, that's, that's all I'm ever telling you is, like, just be badass and do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't, like, really, like, cater to that whole... Um, be humble and be um, passive and be this pink frilly woman type of thing like we're like 
me and my sister a lot like if you want to do that you do that and you want to do that with black lipstick you do that you know Mm -hmm. what I mean it's like be feminine when you want and if you don't want to be feminine then you don't have to and like we don't cater to this is how a girl acts and this is how a woman acts and our like we we've been raised in that community like we've been raised in Indian Gujarati community and it's like girls act like this girls don't say this girls Mm -hmm. don't do that girls don't play this um and like we're like the both of us are like extremely respectful people and we're extremely cultured but we're still like um girls can do whatever Mm. they want to do and it's such a simple concept i don't know why people have such a hard time you know you can still be a good person and and be a good uh, a good woman and a strong woman and still want to be yourself and that's so hard for some people to grasp it's 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 almost like being empowered and strong means you're like being rebellious mm-hmm. right right when empowered and strong should be the norm right mm-hmm. like when we like write the characteristics of like a woman instead of like feminine and soft and pink it should be like empowered and strong mm-hmm. but when there is an empowered and strong woman we're like oh she's doing something that's against right. society mm-hmm. it's too much too empowered and too strong Exactly. You gotta bring it back a little bit. It's and if they delicate. actually voice their opinions, they're a bitch. Or yeah, you know, like well, automatically that means like you're bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's like no, I'm just being myself. I'm not trying to cause controversy. Just trying to be myself. It's funny mm-hmm. because like the things that like should be a given, like being outspoken, um, saying what you want, doing what you want, that's controversial in our culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so sad. I feel like that's the main thing that like needs to change is we need to change what we accept as the norm and mm-hmm. what we think is controversial. Mm-hmm. Because if like three women here like us are having a conversation about topics that aren't really talked about um, and we're saying whatever we want and whatever we feel um, in our loud and proud voices and, and that's controversial, then that's a problem, you know? Right. Um, but a lot of people would find that controversial, right? like this should be the norm like people should be like mm-hmm. like women should be empowering women and they should be having conversations and um feeling inspired by each other's stories and like that should be the norm yeah rather than um us talking about things we shouldn't be talking about that's controversial mm-hmm. um i don't know if um i'm gonna phrase this right so it might be edited out so if you have like a really good input like wait i guess <laughs> um but i actually have had some feedback in the last couple of weeks um where like friends and friends of friends have said like oh like it's really great what you're doing like that's so awesome and then one person in that group said but also maybe be careful of what you say because you know indian aunties talk and i go that's the fucking point yeah yeah <laughs> you know? and i was like that's so yeah. interesting that they're listening they love it they love what we're talking about they understand they relate and still are saying you know if so-and-so's mom like hears about that or like whatever then they'll tell all the aunties and i'm like okay let them, right. you know, or like that's why should, we want to talk like, maybe about they this. Should all be exactly, about this, and right? it was specifically about mental illness. And I was talking about my antidepressants, and they're like, "That's just really interesting because, like, especially my mom, she doesn't understand that." And I'm like, "Neither does mine." That's why, you know, like it's interesting that we're getting all different kinds of takes on that for that reason. Like that's why we're talking about it so we can get other people's opinions and see. Like, we're not trying to change everyone's opinions. We just want them to understand. Like, hey. Like, your daughter is not the only person who is going through that. Like, all of us are going through it. It should be accepted. It'll take you a while to get there, but that's okay. Maybe, yeah, talk to different aunties about that and say, like, 
um, like Shama's mom, for example, you know, is very supportive of everything she's doing. And like, she is very open with her mother and I am not so much, you know. Um, but if they were to get together and talk, I feel like that would be such a great conversation. That just because I can't have doesn't mean that like my mom shouldn't know about like those kinds of things. Like I shouldn't be scared of my mom or other aunties just because like I don't have that, you know, because then it'll spark a conversation with other people and their relationship with their mothers or fathers. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. So now we're going to play a little this or that type game that we have brilliantly named this or that. <laughs> We're going to ask five rapid-fire type questions. Um, just go back and forth. Just answer as quickly as you can. And it'll be fun. Uh, no pressure. But um, only use correct answers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I have a question. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wine or champagne? Wine. Tattoos or piercings? Piercings. Booties or heels? Heels. Nasto or brunch? Nasto, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and this is more of like a would you rather. Nunga or Linga? <laughs> Nunga. <laughs> yes. Actually, that's so tough. That's so tough. Like, <laughs> you said like those too. <laughs> and they're flowy. You got the space mm. inside of there. Yeah. You know. They're both very freeing, I think, mm-hmm. in their own yeah, way. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> One thing we really like to ask all of our guests as well is to end on a very positive note. What are, we want two things that you like about yourself. Um, one of them is physical and one of them is a non-physical attribute that you just love about yourself. This, this is why we like asking. Because it I'm makes sure people like think about everyone it. Everyone gives you like the same. Like, well, we just started it. We've only done it with two other okay, episodes. Okay. Yeah, so we're new. starting it, and we love talking about it because then everyone gets I love the idea like, of it. Like everyone mm-hmm. should be you know, mm-hmm. able to mm-hmm. talk about the things they like mm-hmm. about themselves. Yeah, it's good for yourself, and if you don't know off the top of your head, it's like something good to very mm-hmm. like to consider. You know, and especially if we've had a very heavy episode, it's a great way to end it because then you just like. All three of us, especially, um, leave very happy. The listeners will say, oh, that was really sweet. Okay, and then maybe they start thinking yeah. about, like, okay, I yeah. love this about myself, too, and I don't talk about that because it's weird to love yourself so much because then you're a narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, exactly. Exactly. so that's why we want to, like, bring this to light and just talk about it more. So. Yeah. Physical, uh, I would say, like, the color of my skin. And I just, love like, that. Beautiful. It's, like, it's something that, like, um, I've always like battled with like I didn't like it before mm-hmm. um, but I feel like I've come to terms with it um, and not even just like I've moved past like accepting that this is the color of my skin like mm-hmm. I feel like I genuinely love it and I do like I have been blessed with like really good clear skin mm-hmm. and stuff like from my parents like genetics and mm-hmm. stuff so I've never had like skin issues it was always like just like a, the color thing but like color thing aside like I now realize that, like, I have, like, really, really good skin in terms of, like, how clear it is, mm-hmm. um, and it's just, like, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's, like, it's dark, it's rich, like, mm-hmm. it's nice, um, a non-physical thing, um, I think I have a good sense of humor, yeah, uh, which, like, helps in a lot of situations, um, just, like, social skills, like, um, it helps to, like, ease conversations or talk to new people, um, mm-hmm. if you can, like, you know, take yourself lightly and, um, you know, crack a few 
few jokes. Mm-hmm. It also helps, like, when you're feeling down or, like, you know, upset about a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely, like, a, a good coping mechanism, I would mm-hmm. say. Oh, yeah. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're familiar, familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. um, so, where can people find you on the interweb? Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at The Booja Project. Um, Instagram for pictures, Twitter for my words. <laughs> Your amazing, <laughs> hilarious, unapologetic <Thank> words. Like, <laughs> yeah. Earlier today, we were like just scrolling through and we we're like, cracking so up. funny. Yeah. Like, how did she come up with <laughs> this stuff? Thank you. Thank you. It was so great. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for doing this and taking the time to talk to us. This was so great. Um, Yeah, for sure. If you like nonconformity, revealing clothing, and jungly Indian girls, share this with someone you like. Or don't like. Someone who you want to hang around naked with. Someone who needs to put some clothes on. Or someone who's easily offended. Just fuck with them. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cool, cool, cool.